Welcome menopause warriors. Come join us where few women have gone before. Our mission is to demystify the menopause journey. We seek to break through the stigma of getting older and provide our listeners with real solutions, support, and answers to give women the tools to live their healthiest, fullest lives. Our guests include healthcare experts, educators, nutritionists, hormone specialists, cultural icons, and everyday amazing women. Come celebrate with us and learn the wonders of menopause. Embrace the heat. Hello, hello, menopause warriors. Today, our guest is Chris Ahmed. She is a public health educator based in Northern California. She works for Kaiser Permanente teaching health education classes and also offering one-on-one clinical health education services supporting women. Her goal is helping women learn and understand their bodies to live their best possible lives healthy. Hello, hello, Chris. How are you? Thank you for being with us. Thank you you for being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, You know, let's just jump in. What do you do, Chris? What do I do? That is a great question. Um, So I am a clinical health educator for Kaiser Permanente, and I provide a lot of um, services for women, everything from prenatal reproductive health. Um, But a big focus of what I've been doing, and obviously there's a huge need, is helping women navigate menopause and perimenopause. So I co-teach a class with one of our um, amazing OBGYNs, Amy Merchant, and I also do individual one-on-one appointments with women to help them just kind of get through this process and figure out what's going on with their body and to kind of get a game plan to make this as smooth and easy as possible. And how like, so if someone comes to you, let's say from, how do they find you? They go to their they go to their OBGYN, they say, I've got these issues, and then they come to you? Yes. So so what we do at, at Kaiser might be a little different at, at different facilities, of course, is that they can get um, connected to us through their OBGYN or just their um, GP is fine. They can go to the health education department and just schedule an appointment. There's no referrals needed or anything like that. And then they come, they come to you and, and they go through like, is it a six week thing or they, they, is it like a therapy session? Like, what is it exactly? So the class is a, is a two hour class. So they would just sign up and, and attend the class for the one-on-ones. There are 30 minute video appointments and it's just, you know, based on whatever their need is, we can do multiple visits. I usually follow up um, and see how, you know, their plan is going and check in and see if they any, any additional services or resources. And then I load them up with a ton of information, um, you know, helpful links and videos and access to uh, our natural medicine database and uh, booklets and, you know, all of that great stuff. So they just have lots of resources at their fingertips. So how did you get into this? That's a great question. So I actually started my journey teaching um, sex education in middle school and high school. Um, so- oh my gosh, <laughs> this is a journey for you, isn't it? It really is. I have gone all <laughs> through the whole lifespan, right? So I always tease that I've gone from puberty to <laughs> to then. Uh, I work with women for many, many years, I still do, um, who are pregnant and, you know, giving birth and helping them, you know, with uh, childbirth classes and pregnancy and postpartum care and newborn care and all of that. So then I go through that journey with them. And now I am with them through menopause. So 
that's kind of exactly, I've just always been in sexual reproductive health and education. And I think I, my interest has always been kind of aligned with where I have been maybe a little bit <laughs> in my life. Can I add a, ask a curiosity question Please. here? So is there like a, like, is there a yin and a yang between puberty and menopause? I've, I've been thinking about this a lot as we've been talking. Oh my gosh, I, I I bring this up all the time that we're we're really on the reverse end of puberty. My I have two teenage daughters, <laughs> one's turning thirteen in two weeks, and the other one's fifteen. And can you imagine my household? And I'm in perimenopause. Before, my husband is a saint, <laughs> so I have to say and. Everything that they're going through, I feel like I'm going through. We almost like commiserate with each other, right? Irregular periods, mood swings, skin breakouts, you know, <laughs> I mean, body changes, right? They're, they're, their body's changing, my body's changing physically and internally. So it's, I mean, out, um, outwardly and internally. So yes, it is, it is the yin and the yang. You hit the nail on the head. So the fatigue, I mean, and that was when I did it too. When my daughter was, you know, 16, I started when she was like 15, 16. And it was, it was, it was not fun. The house was not fun. It was a lot of anxiety, you know, just, and then you put all the life stresses on top of that. So that's awesome that you are committed to supporting women and their health in general, and then their mental health. It's awesome. Thank Um, you. In your experience, you know, what are the main, you know, hot issues, buttons that women come to you about when they come, when they have sought you out? What, 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 what would you say if you, you can list them one to five or, you know, what do you think the top five are? Mm-hmm. Um, so the biggest things are definitely hot flashes tend to be very plaguing. Uh, and that would be in addition to that with, with night sweats, which night sweats are just hot flashes at night. Um, so that's a really big one. Sleep problems, for sure. That's something and that, you know, lack of sleep that affects everything in our lives, right? Um, I know for my myself, I feel like I'm having like PTSD symptoms from when I had a, when I had newborns, right? And now I'm like, oh my god, I can't, you know, I'm having to deal with this incre- incredible insomnia and fatigue um, while raising teenagers. It's it's rough um, for many of us. So that's a really big one. Huge. Um, huge. Uh, and then vaginal dryness, painful sex, low libido, just not feeling, you know, sexy body changes, weight gain. I mean, all of that you know, goes hand in hand with sadly, <laughs> through this time in our life. Right. So when they th- they come to you with all that, you have, can you give us an example of some of your solutions? Is it, you know, we, we've talked to people about breath work, meditation, we've talked about bioidenticals, we've talked, you know, we've covered it all on this podcast. What, what would you say, you know, what, what do you, what do you offer them? Yeah. So one thing I really try to help them understand is what's going on with their bodies, right? I think that so many women I've I've worked with over the years, and especially those that take the classes, they say things like, I wish I had known this 10 years ago. We hear that so much. Mm -hmm. I mean, the biggest misnomer in this entire process is that menopause and perimenopause starts so much earlier than women think it does and their providers think it does. I can't tell you how many women I work with and then friends and family who have had somebody tell them, oh, you're too young to be going through this. And they're in Mm -hmm. their early 40s and their mid 40s. And that is exactly the time when women go through this. It can start as early as their late 30s. So 
they're not crazy. Yes, these things really are happening to them. So I really want them to understand and, you know, provide empathy. And and at least, you know, now I'm going through this with them, which, you know, it's not great for me, but good for them, I guess. <laughs> I can empathize that way. Um, that yes, they're they're not alone and and there are there are there's help, right? So um some of it is just uh, you know, it's a lot of trial and error with figuring these things out, right? There's so many things that your body is um, acting out, right? And and being difficult (laughs) in a lot of ways. And so it could be things like, um, you know, why don't you try uh, exercising more, right? Exercise, we know, solves so many uh, problems in our lives. It helps you with sleep. It helps with the fatigue. It helps um, with mood, right? All of that. So so that could be something that they can try uh, changing their diet. Maybe it's reducing or dare I say, eliminating alcohol. Um, women who smoke go through menopause earlier. So, you know, helping them maybe if, if quitting smoking is a goal, that could be a huge relief in many symptoms if you if you quit smoking. Um, Chris, do you so, find do, mm-hmm. do you find that when you're saying all these things, and I, and I agree, um, I would find something uh, when I first, you know, when I first started getting the hot flashes, oh, you you got to go get black cohosh. I'd go get black cohosh, and mm. it work. It would work for three months, and then it didn't work at all. And then mm. it was okay. Then now you have to do that. If I could show you my pantry with all the stuff from it, <laughs> and I have, I could be a vitamin store. Like I could open up a vitamin store. <laughs> and SJ's laughing because she's seen them. So <laughs> on top of that, all the anti-wrinkle and everything that, you know, all the cream and oh, stuff yeah. that you have, like, you know, one thing works for a short period of time, and then you have to, again, go and search out and, and find that. Do you find that too? Do your do you, do you know your clients, your patients come to you and say, hey, you know, that worked for three months, but doesn't work so much anymore? Absolutely. Right. I mean, these hormones are, are, they're changing, not they're changing every few months, but they're changing every single day. Right. So even something that worked just yesterday might not work today, but might work tomorrow. So yes, um, you know, their, their supplements could definitely be, you know, something women can try and then they, they work with one for a while and that one's no longer great. And then they can switch it up and try something new. One thing I have found to be incredibly helpful is for women to have a network of other women going through this, right? We are an amazing source of resources um, and uh, education within ourselves, not to mention just having some uh, empathy and compassion for one another. And that's where I find women really um, learn uh, and, and can get a lot of relief because exactly what you were saying is that we can and be working, you know, having something that's working for a while and it's no longer working. And then you're talking to your girlfriend about it. And she's like, oh, well, I got these, you know, bamboo pajamas that are really helping with my night sweats. You should give them a go. And you're like, oh, thank you. I will definitely try that. And then that works for a while. And then, okay, that's, you know, and I'm going to switch, move on to something new. Which is really, truly why we're doing this podcast. I can't agree with you more on that note. I think that women get a bad rap, the mean girl thing that, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know how I would have gotten through any part of my life without my tribe, my girlfriends. And sure, there's, you know, the mean women, but there's mean men too. And But I, I do feel like women, you know, we really do need to lean on each other, especially this time. And sometimes, you know, you go through the raising the kids or, or, 
if you don't have kids, job transitions, or your friends have kids and you don't have kids, and there's that crazy time between 30s and 40s. But when we get to our 50s, I've found with my girlfriends, I have this you know, bi-monthly, um, great Zoom with some of my sorority sisters from college and we call ourselves Team Hope. And we are all across <laughs> the board so different. And, you know, we have someone who's never been married, someone who had a death, uh, her husband died, and then some of us that are married, you know, it, it and it all together, we definitely would not have gotten through this pandemic in the, mm. in, at, at the mental state we all have had. We have said a thousand times if it was not for Team hope. I don't know how I would get through this. And part mm. of it is every two weeks, there's someone holding up in the camera, some sort of supplement or something that their doctor gave them for menopause. It's been fantastic. Right. It's been fantastic. So I, I, I highly recommend, I think, do you have a support group? Like do women get to go? So you said they do an individually, but if they're taking a class, is it sort of like a support group in that? We don't have a support group currently. Um, that is something that we've, we've talked about. I think because of COVID, it really kind of threw a wrench in all of this. Um, I will say I'm I'm seeing a trend not only among Kaiser but but other you know health and wellness facilities and medical facilities where they're finally starting to focus on menopause and perimenopause and supporting women. This was this is new. Mm-hmm. I mean I I even for for our you know facility and or for Kaiser this is a new thing that we're providing. Um, these one on one. I mean we've been doing the classes for a few years, but the the one on one education this is you know, uh, been happening for decades. So we are finally starting to see some attention being put in this area. And I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful that things like support groups, um, and, you know, more connection that way, and just more providers being as educated and um, up on all the latest as possible. So we stop hearing things like you're too young to go through that, or, you know, or whatever that, you know, outdated information that they've, right. they've hung on to. And and women talking about it. That's part of our mission is just get women out there, you know, average every day, extraordinary women that are just doing their thing, raising their kids, working, working and raising kids, you know, taking care mm-hmm. of your parents who are dying that are going through this at that time. You know, that's exactly. what we want to say, start talking, start saying how difficult it has been to do all of this. And, you know, we're rock stars and we want to be there to support them. It, you know, I was laughing while you were just saying that whole piece about all of that is because SJ was like taking, I don't know if you saw her, but she was taped to our listeners. She was pounding her hand <laughs> against her head when you were saying, you know, this is relatively new. How could this be relatively new? You know, and that's what we've heard again. No, that was just my signal for you to ask that question. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> no, it was like, what the heck? You know, that is, I think the most yeah. frustrating, you know, common thread again through everyone we've talked about is how can this, like, how are we, how are we on the forefront of this? You, me, our producer, Tammy, like, how are we, you know, in 2021 on the forefront of women's health and menopause. Like that is, it's tragic to me, but I'm so happy to hear that, you know, you have a positive outlook on it. You know, you're ready to go. We're ready to educate. It's awesome. It's awesome. Okay. So Mm -hmm. out of all those symptoms, I want to just, just concentrate a little bit on women's mental health, because I, one thing I feel like I've had with friends who have gone through 
difficult times with their husbands or their kids or, you know, when they were going through it was the you're crazy, you know, uh, what's wrong with you? Why, why are you so, ang- you know, irritable? I have friends that can't drive on the freeway because they have panic attacks. You know, mm-hmm. uh, what, what is your, could you give our listeners out there that are, that have this and are going through this and, and questioning, like, what is really going on with me? Can you give them any insight on what to do? How they right. can so, help? Right. So what's, ha- what's happening for, to start with that is that when we're going through our twenties and thirties, right, we have this beautiful, like symphony of hormones, right? They're just every month doing exactly what they're supposed to do up and down going so smoothly. And then we hit perimenopause and uh, Dr. Merchant that I co-teach the menopause class with, she explains it as instead of the symphony of beautiful hormones, now it's like a fifth grade band performance, right? It's just (laughs) all over the place, right? So your hormone, and if you look at a graph of this, a chart over like, you know, say 90 days, it is, it's like a a three-year-old took a crayon and just went to town, like just all over it. And that's what's going on on with our hormones. And that is why we feel like raging lunatics sometimes, right? And we, we might scream at our kids for not unloading the dishwasher properly or whatever, like, right. And we later reflect back and go, Oh my God, what was wrong with me? Um, But that is why, right. That's that's what's going on. How you're laughing about that. I absolutely, I've done that. Exactly what you said, screamed at the kids for no reason. But at night when I went to bed, I felt so bad about myself, Mm -hmm. so bad about myself because I felt like, oh my gosh, they're only in my house, especially they were teenagers in high school. They're only in my house for, you know, two more years, one more year, you know, and I'm, and they're going to remember their mother, "Ah!" you know, crazy. And because I would, I get out of the car, you know, or, or whatever it was. And I would try so hard to calm myself down. And then that, and then it just spiraled down a rabbit hole. Like, oh, I'm, I can't get, I can't pull myself out of this. And, you know, the depression that sets in, you know, let, and that's, that's just one thing. Let's, let, let's, and then the weight gain. And then you just, you know, you're looking at yourself in the mirror, not feeling good about yourself. And then mentally in your head, you're not feeling good about yourself. Anything that you can, any advice you could give the women out there going through that? Well, there is, there is research that um, the more positive attitude you have going into this whole process, the more um, women have a reduction in symptoms or maybe no symptoms even. There are, there are some women who actually get through this process unscathed. <laughs> and I think that having a positive attitude about it really, really does make a difference. Um, I think having, you know, a, a meditation practice, you know, exercising regularly, you know, finding those, those opportunities to just really refill your, your cup, um, taking, you know, weekends away or an hour away, (laughs) a weekend might be too ambitious. Um, and, and giving yourself that time to, you know, talking to your girlfriends, uh, you know, reconnecting that way. Social connection is so important, which is why this time, you know, during COVID has been even so much more challenging in regards to dealing with all these symptoms, not to mention playing the game of, you know, is it, is it COVID or is it perimenopause (laughs) with every single thing that comes up, right? (laughs) Um, yeah, that, you know, I'm going to say something on top of that. Um, I really believe in that positive attitude thing. I, my mom just made me have one and I was like the worst teenager in the world and it was a gift, you know, it got me through a lot of hard times in my life, but I think that we should have fun exploring what works for us. If we do have symptoms, you know, if I, if it doesn't work here, I go here. If I don't, and then, so in your life of change and getting order, 
you're learning more about the world and more about your body and and all the exciting things that could happen that could help instead of just you know going with what uh, I don't want to say this but I uh, you know just letting it be or being right? defeated right being defeated, being defeated. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah but let the ex- at let the exploration of this be a positive thing. And you know what? This is my take on this from, from going through it. And I feel like the education, Chris, needs to happen. And I'm trying this with my 21-year-old. I think it has to start just in women's health at a young age because mm-hmm. we don't take time ever for ourselves, women, especially when you have kids. But even if you don't have kids, women just innately do not put ourselves first. And I think that's Mm -hmm. just so deep in our DNA, you know, that we are take, you know, we are, we take care of everybody around us. And then our last one is us. You know, I love when I go to a dinner party and I have friends and I say, guys, when you're on a plane and, and you hear the safety, you know, all the safety uh, regulations and they tell you, you know, when the mask drops down, you know, what do you do with the mask? And all of them say, put, most of them say, put it on your children and kids. And I go, no, you put that mask on yourself first. And they all go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I put it on myself first. And I think that's that, you know, you catch these women off guard and they just naturally are not thinking, but they are to put this mask on their children and not them first. And they've heard that safety spiel a thousand times in their life. And we are not putting ourselves first. So I've all this mm-hmm. stuff that you just said, which is so, so important. And we're talking about, you know, starting in our 40, early 40s or late 30s. I think that education has got to start in your in your 20s. You know, vagina health. I talk to my daughter about this all the time. Vagina health, you know, mental health, taking that time out for yourself, you know, because when you get to 50, when you're in full-blown menopause or, or before that, you know, wherever, you're so spinning out of control. You don't, you don't know, you know, the, the meditation on all of that can help so much that mm-hmm. we don't, but you're not educated in it. And it takes a long time to learn how to meditate. It's not something that you just sit down and go, okay, now I'm going to meditate. It's a practice and it takes months mm-hmm. and months and months, sometimes years for people to really understand or quiet their brain. So I love I love that point. I would like to see personally it's starting to happen earlier, you know, like uh, in, in your 20s, preparing these. Absolutely. I think back to when I taught sex ed, I'm like, we should be teaching that. We should be talking about all these things in high school and maybe right. middle school, right? We need to prepare them. I'm always talking to my daughters about this. They're to the point where they're like, and mom enough, we get it. Um, <laughs> but it's so important, exactly what, what you're saying. Um, and this thing, you know, especially things like uh, meditation and breath work and um, having a practice of of exercising regularly, right? All these things take time and you've got to figure out what works for you, what doesn't work for you um, and and move forward that way. You can't just all of a sudden be like, oh, now I'm suffering. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure it out right now how to, how to meditate and do all these things. Not to say it's not too late. You absolutely can, you know, always jump in at any time. Oh yeah, 100%. I would just love it to be natural, you know? And, and this is, listen, all this stuff can cross over right to men too. You know, I, I remember my one of my son's favorite classes in middle school and one that he did well in and he was not, you know, did not care for education whatsoever. My son it was, it was a difficult time for him, but he, 
he loved this class, um, his English class, where they meditated for two minutes before they started mm-hmm. the class. He, the guy, got the gong out and hit the gong, and they, and he just thought it was the coolest thing, and it worked for him. You know, he did better in that class for sure because of those just two minutes that that teacher took. I loved that teacher. I would send him emails all the time saying, "You are hitting it out of the ballpark, dude. I love what you're doing." All right. Um, I think SJ, why don't you ask this question? Are you there? Okay. I'm gonna. I, I was just waiting for the yeah, the right the time. Guy. I think it's the right time. <laughs> well, that, no, that but because it's a personal question for me because I'm just newly married at 48. I was married and I had two kids with myself, and um, you know, I really enjoy that intimate part with my husband and sex, and I'm really nervous about what's gonna happen. You know. Mm. Because she's, and, and it is because she's friends. It has been. I know. I I I what I hadn't been nervous until you know this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, SJ, SJ, SJ. It's true. It's true. It's. A, I mean, that it really is. When it comes down to the nitty gritty, and you have a couple of glasses of wine with your friends, what does it circle back around? My vagina is so dry. It is so dry. Yeah. I. I mean, I look at my husband and, and I'm like, this is so unfair. Mm-hmm. I finally found someone I connect with and we've got like, man, we've got like three years. We gotta do it now. <laughs> that is the truth. It's the truth. Every every 16 year old boy's dream. <laughs> help us, Chris. Help us. All right. So <clears throat> excuse me. When I when I think about this issue, I I break it down in my own head and the way that I teach that it's it there's the physical part, there's the emotional part, and then there's the relationship, right? So all of this is in play during this time. And so physically um, understanding what's going on is that, you know, we could be having a vaginal dryness, which can lead to painful sex. We maybe have more UTIs, um, uh, changes in desire, right? Libido is going down. Uh, That's just something that's, you know, inevitable. Uh, sadly, <laughs> but not to say you can't, you know, can't uh, get better or to say that we don't have remedies to help. Um, and so all of that is obviously going to be at play. And so I think, first of all, we have to think that um, go into this, that sex isn't going to be the same, right? Um, so we need to have a sense of adventure. We need to have a sense of humor <laughs> <laughs> and we need to adjust our point of view, right? Um, and then, you know, so so tips for the physical stuff, right? So obviously there are, um, you know, health and uh, a diet and exercise can definitely help with the physical stuff. Um, skipping alcohol uh, that, you know, sometimes we feel like, oh, alcohol will help me get in the mood, but often can lead to difficulty um, with orgasms, can also have uh, for our male partners have difficulty with erections, then we're too tired, right? We're falling asleep right before uh, longer foreplay, lubrication. I know that comes up all the time, but lubrication really can make a big difference. Um, and, you know, especially with, with sex that's painful. Uh, and yeah. I've not- I've noticed that if you go to a store that sells a lot of lubrication and you tell them, you know, I would have been too nervous to do it, but I tell them exactly what I'm looking and they give you like little samples, all the di- different mm-hmm. things out there. So there's help out there for you on that little part. Absolutely. Um, at a lot of those same stores, <laughs> um, sex toys is a great option. I mean, I think a lot there's a, a hang up with some people around it and that it's unnatural and it's going to make my partner feel inadequate or whatever. But if you needed glasses or uh, crutches, 
right? You would you would get those things. So if you need a little help, you know, with with a vibrator or something like that, there's nothing wrong with that, and it could really you know spice up your 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 sex life. Not Sweet, hold on, no, hold on. So yeah. Gonna, here's my husband and I. I'm go. Excuse me. Let me just get my glasses. Right. That's what, that's what I'm like, let me let me go get those glasses. That is awesome. I love that. What a great analogy. It lets it go. It lets it go. Oh, right. I just yeah. It makes me sad when when women uh, feel that they can't you know, have the pleasure that they need when they might need to need a little help um, in that area. And what's really important is, is, is for women to take the time to, if they haven't already, which I am hoping many women have, but figuring out what their own needs are, their own pleasure is spending some time alone with these things. So then communicating that with their partner, right? That is so important. Um, and that's going to make a big difference because really we have to own that if we're having bad sex, right? Some of that is, is on us. If we're not speaking, up and saying this hurts or this this position is no longer working for me anymore my hip are <laughs> too sore now <laughs> right I got a bad back I can't do that anymore <laughs> right we've got to speak up and say something see there's that exploration <laughs> thing again I'm telling you guys you're right SJ mm-hmm. it's like and I loved what you said in adventure because it's another little you know quest to go on with your spouse. It's if you're if you're communicating to him and you're starting to say, okay, look, I want to bring this, you know, I just listened to this podcast and this is what we're going to do. How awesome <laughs> is that? Like you said, SJ, going on this little adventure with your spouse, you know, and, and, and discovering and figuring it out. You know, I have never, ever looked at it that way. That is... That is really important. And the Amazon reviews on any kind of vibrato and stuff, those are, that's like good reading. (laughs) (laughs) That is very true. Um, okay, so you're yes. so it was adventure. So, so the physical, you went through the three things. It was physical, yeah. then right. So the physical. So the one other thing I would say about the physical is for women to talk to their providers about you know trying different vaginal um, creams or patches, you know, um, uh, vaginal estrogen things like that. Uh, this is you know more out of my scope, but I but I think that there's this real fear around um, hormone therapy with women, topical or or, you know, systemic that that we're just been told, no, 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 you can't do that. You can't do that. It's, you know, bad for you. And the research around that is just very outdated. And, it, you know, to talk to their providers that if, if you really are suffering, like it is okay, right? There obviously some, there's going to be some people that it's it's not going to be a good fit for medical reasons or, or whatever. But for many of us, we can get a lot of relief with, with hormones. And if you're, if you're nervous about doing, you know, the, um, the oral, hormones or, or something like that, then the vaginal um, lubricants, at least when it comes to, you know, sexual issues or vaginal dryness, things like that can be very helpful and they are incredibly safe. Right. Yeah, we, that's we what have, heard. Yeah. Yep, that good, good, that good, good, Bang good. 2002 Women's Initiative study really, I know, really is the pits. I mean, I, that's the first thing I want to do once this season's over and into the next season. I want to seriously get some people on there and get some funding for a new study. Apparently, there's one that that went out right before COVID um, that is, you know, kind of poo-pooed the 2002 study, but mm-hmm. no one no one heard about it because then COVID hit and that was all in the press. But I, that's one thing I want to get on top of is let's get a new study, please, because 20 years people have, you know, almost 20 years, and and, and I missed the boat. You know, I didn't do. I didn't do it. I didn't do the hormones because I have cancer in my family. What a bummer for me. Hey, and Frank, so 
I want to, did we talk about point of view? I thought that was an interesting when with all you said physical and then you said something about point of view about sexual relations and point of view do you remember you're talking to me or to yeah yeah oh oh, sorry yeah Yeah, so physical emotional um and relationship were the things so right so with the emotional so i don't remember the sorry the point of view part don't worry (laughs) i might have messed everybody up i'm really good at that I think when you were talking um, about emotional, you said it's, you know, it comes to what your point, you of, got view. It, yeah. point of view is. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that's mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. Yeah. But the emotional part is huge, right, when it comes to, to sex, right? If our body image is is in the toilet, right, we're gaining weight around the middle or we're getting more wrinkles or, or whatever, that really plays a part in, in feeling sexy. And if we are even wanting to have sex or, um, you know, all of it, uh you know, we're raised like you, you were saying. Forget this. They're, we're raising teenagers. We're may, maybe taking care of our our elders too, right? There, our children are leaving home. Um, that could be you know emotional too. But there's also positives in these things, right? So we have less stress about becoming pregnant, at least once we're through menopause, right? Perimenopause, please still use contraceptives because <laughs> there's a lot of women who get pregnant during that time, and they're like, I didn't think that that was possible. Um, yeah. So we, you know, we have less stress about becoming pregnant. We have more be more more time for spontaneity. If we've raised our kids and they're out of the house, now we can have sex anywhere in the house. We can have it two o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> things like that. So there, there are some, you know, positive things as well. Um, and I think it's important to, you know, be patient is is huge. Um, and then you could try things like, you know, getting sexy underwear or lingerie. Um, reading erotic books by yourself or with your partner, erotic shows. Everyone should be watching Bridgerton, by the way, on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> that is <a> huge help. <laughs> All my girlfriends are talking about it. Um, my, one of my girlfriends calls it old tiny porn. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's true. It's true. I love it. It's yes, true. Yeah. And then when it comes to desire, right, there's spontaneous desire The I want it now, right? You just feel that desire. And that is something that is often very strong in our 20s and and 30s. But that is going to go down, unfortunately, with with age, with men too. That's just going to go down. Um, But our responsive desire, so that's when we get turned on after things get going, right? That's the desire to respond that we, we, the desire is in response to physical stimulation. And so if we can commit to just going for it, right? Like, okay, I'm not really feeling it tonight. I'm feeling a little bloated and I'm not, (laughs) whatever, but I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, try this, or I'm going to go for a lot of times, most of the times our bodies will respond. Um, And so, you know, scheduling sex that might sound sad and prescriptive, but it really helps. Um, And so, and definitely schedule it, you know, more than you think that you would want it because things will get in the way, right? Mm -hmm. Things will absolutely get in the way. And so um, scheduling, scheduling is important. Um, Having those date nights, uh, having your partner, I think, read about menopause and understand menopause too, so they can get that you might need just a little bit more attention in all areas, but especially when it comes to to sex. Um, And that also when we, the more sex we have, whether it's with a partner or by ourselves, the more our bodies will respond. And so it, it really is a use it or lose it situation, sadly. And so, um, or maybe not sadly, but, <laughs> but it really encourages us to 
um, to, you know, to keep trying and, and to get the blood flow in and, and all those, you know, um, responses is going. And so that, that can be incredibly helpful. That is such a great tip. So hard to do, but such a great tip. Like, uh, you know, something that it's going to, I think that people are going to pause and think about that because I think that's, you know, you get so tied up in your life and then, oh my God, now I have to schedule sex. But that Mm -hmm. is really, truly how to do it. I, you know, everything you're saying, I have experienced, gone through, you know, I, I, when I'm sitting around with my friends again, with a glass of wine, it's why don't we want it when it happens? After it happens, you're everyone's always like, gosh, what that that was great. You know, like that's fantastic. But to, you know, to get that body going and to get even to the point of not being exhausted, you know, like I'm so tired or my hip hurts or my back hurts. I mean, you know, uh, we're laughing so hard at that because it's all true. It's all true. But what a great, mm-hmm. you know, what a great, I loved what you said, shift your mindset too. Yeah, I like that too. I was just going to say, yeah, because I, in frankly, actually you brought up a point that I was going to uh, bring up is that afterwards, just the connection I have with my husband and feeling vital together, it's so different than when like I, oh, I feel like I'm going to cry. Um, then he, you know, if I'm cooking dinner and we had had sex and in the way he hugs me is so different and it's such an awesome moment afterwards. And those mm-hmm. moments together are precious you know, they really are. That's a, that's a thing that you get with another human being and it's makes you better for everything else. And, and it gets you through the hard times. That is so true. 100%. SJ, that is really a sweet thing and a, a, a great, great thing to say because, and thank you for being honest with that because that is true. I mean, I, that, that connection is what gets you through to being married 24, three, five years, 40 years, 50 years. I mean, you know, anyone that you talk to that's been married for a long time, it is, you know, not only was their sex life healthy, but it was always, they'll always say, we just kept the connection alive. And I, you know, if you're not having intimacy with your husband, your partner, there's, there's a blockage in that connection. So I bet that's when Chris can talk about relationship now. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I mean, sex can be the glue of a relationship, right? Exactly. And if someone's not getting what they need in a relationship, it can really cause a a lot of emotional disconnect as well. And so, and so not to say that you can't have a, a, a healthy relationship or a great relationship without sex, but it really, it changes it. Exactly what you're saying, SJ. Um, I love that glue. I love, that's awesome, Chris. So accepting the changes in yourself and your partner, right? Our partners too. Now it seems to be a little bit more drastic in women um, and your partner might be a woman too, which then definitely impacts the, (laughs) um, yeah, the dramatic uh, part of all of this. I I always um, like to say lucky you if your partner's a woman because they understand (laughs) the same things going on with them. If they're the same, yeah, if they're the same age. Yeah. Sometimes though, if there's an older, you know, Mm -hmm. there's an age imbalance that one's going through it and the other one hasn't quite gotten there that that's true that's true yeah but our you know male partners are are you know a little bit like yeah not as intense but they're going through things too and um you know their libido's going down at times they might be having the the physical body image stuff um testosterone's going down erectile dysfunction sometimes right so all of that can be um at play so um, accepting the changes in ourselves and our partners i think is really important um maintaining that 
physical affection, um, you know, cuddling. There's many ways of showing intimacy, right? It maybe it doesn't necessarily need to be even, you know, penetrative sex or oral sex, but you know, cuddling and touching and all of that, right? I always say that foreplay starts at breakfast, right? Oh, you got it. Yeah, you got it. You got to start at the, the beginning. You can't just expect that we're just going to light that fire and you know, five minutes later we're revving to go, right? You really got to. <laughs> It's a mental connection as well as a physical connection. Um, so not giving up on sex, even if it's been a while, um, you know, just keep just keep trying. And even if you think like right now, like, no, nah, I'm, you know, I'm good. I really, I, I don't need it anymore, whatever. Like you might change your mind later. And then the vaginal walls are getting drier and kind of closing in, sadly. I mean, if we don't, you know, maintain the health of our vaginas, they really do kind of, um, they change. And, and then it can be difficult to restore all of that. Mm. Yeah. So I think that's, I think another thing that if you're trying to revive this part of your relationship is if you can um, commit to having sex five days in a row, right? Just, just like, cause your response will start to increase. You will feel, um, you know, as things get going, like, oh, now, now I feel like I want it um, more. Um, your body will just re- respond better. You'll have a better connection with your partner, hopefully. So that can be helpful. Now, it might not work for everybody, but um, that could be something to try. Five days in a row to start out? Dying. That's a lot. I knew, I knew Franco was going to say that. Franco was going to say that, and I was like, okay doing it. <laughs> that's like a that's like a detox or a fast for 5 days. I have to approach that with a mindset like you don't even know. My god. Oh, I knew Frank I was going to crack me up. <laughs> Again, it might not be for everybody. Some people it might be just 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 try 2 days in a row. <laughs> you get baby steps. Uh, you know what? No, I want to be what I want to say about that is anything you learn in life, you know, changing a habit or whatever, it's start out, it takes three days to change a habit, they say, right? You know, even with like diets and weight loss and and all the stuff, you know, cleansing your liver, you know, so sticking with something for five days, I, I can absolutely see the benefit in that. And then the, you know, the stigma sort of goes away again, like you said, a lot of it is, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, you know, we're doing fine without it, we're doing fine without it, you know, again, life takes you on. I will tell everyone out there for whoever's my age that has now empty nesters and both my parents have passed away. Um, it's just my husband and I. I mean, my kids are still in our lives tremendously, you know, every day I get the phone calls, but they're on their own, they're making their own life. And it's just my husband and I. So, you know, it, you do uh, what, like you said, there is more time, you can start scheduling things. But I, if I could give a tip to anyone out there, start doing that earlier. Because, you know, my husband and I have been together, and we we have an unusual situation where we work together. So we've, we're always around each other. But I have a lot of friends that the kids leave that, you know, their parents, they're done taking care of their parents. And they're looking at this man or the man is looking at the woman going, where do we go from here? You know, and these, Mm -hmm. these, like, and I always say with SJ, I love her, her outlook on it. These are our best lives, our best time in our lives right now. Mm -hmm. We're wiser. We're stronger. We are, uh, you know, vital. We, you know, and that, that is how I feel now. I did not feel that way going through menopause at all. You know, I felt defeated Mm -hmm. and, you know, and and, it is the reason why, you know, I'm doing this because I don't want women to go through. There's no reason to. That's the thing. There's no reason to go through menopause suffering or, or, you know, so thank you so much, Chris, for being. Yeah, Chris, you are so positive. Sorry, Frank, I cut you off. No, no. I am 100%. This has been a really great conversation for that. Yeah, we 
we need to have her back on. Yes, SJ, what do you think? Oh my gosh, yes, I yeah, yeah, I would love that. You're coming back on. We may pull you in when we're you know at the end of uh at the end of our seasons, we're going to have just a bunch of women on, and it would be great for you to lead that conversation and hear from real women that are going through this. Yeah, and I oh that would be that's a great idea. And Chris, I mean, a lot we touched on topics that we've touched on in almost every episode, but your look on it is just not is so nice, right? The different and given given yeah, giving people awesome. out there, you know. Wh- wh- so tell us this: if someone is a member of Kaiser, especially in Northern California, how do they find you? Uh, they can uh, go to the well, not just me. There's there's many many me's okay, <laughs> throughout Kaiser. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, there. There's clinical health educators um, at most of the at the, most of the sites that are doing menopause education, and so they can connect with their health education department um, and request to have a one-on-one appointment um, with the clinical health educator, or they can see if their facility has a um, a menopause class too. And now, in you know this day with COVID too, like uh, we've learned that really patients can get help from other areas too. They don't have to go to their, their local um, Kaiser too. So they can, you know, if, if their local one doesn't offer something, they can do a video visit with somebody 30 miles away or whatever. I'm going to give a little plug for Kaiser Permanente because both my parents had Kaiser and they passed away from cancer and Kaiser was awesome. And what I love most about Kaiser is what you just said was that you just go to Kaiser. You have, they have education on menopause there. Like it would be great if every insurance across the board or, you know, like one of our doctors had said they'd love to just walk in. They're, they're picturing women's health where it's this big building and it's just women's health and it's the thyroid specialist and the dermatologist and the gyno. And then, you know, someone like you who's teaching education for how to get through menopause. Like it, that that's a dream. And I feel like Kaiser kind of has that, you know, when you go to Kaiser and you have a problem, someone with right there goes here, go here. So just a little plug for Kaiser. I do not have Kaiser, so I don't didn't need to say that. <laughs> I have a different insurance, but I want to give a plug out to Kaiser because I think they're awesome. And then Thank if you. someone does not have Kaiser, you know, what would you say? How would they get to someone like you? How would they search out mm-hmm. someone Oh, that's such a great question. And I think, I mean, yeah, I could go off on our the problems with our uh, medical systems in this country, but uh, everything is so different depending upon where you live and who your insurance is with. I think what's so important is, I mean, patients are educated now, very educated, right? And so they're going to show up to appointment and they're going to they're gonna know a lot already. And so you need to find somebody who matches you. You're, you need to find a provider who matches you and what you know and what you want and and to you know move around pick somebody else ask ask uh friends and family in your area uh, for recommendations to find the right provider because they're out there they're out there um i think it helps it's not a prerequisite to to find a provider who's gone through menopause or going through menopause i think it helps though i actually wrote an article um for medium that uh was i i thought i was a good menopause educator until i went through menopause because i started teaching this before I went through menopause. I remember when it, this became a topic area that I was going to be covering. I was like, "Are you kidding me? Like, I don't, I don't, like, I can, I can share the information, but I've not, I can't relate." It was the same thing when I started teaching uh, pregnancy education and stuff. I was like, I, "I need to have a baby first before I do this." Like, what are you talking about? Um, and you know, there's a lot of great male uh, OBGYNs out there and GPs that, that understand these issues. But I think at times it really helps to have to have a woman's point of view that can can really relate. Um, so that's one thing I, I would definitely advise. Um, be careful. There's a lot of uh, 
gimmicky things out there these days, right? They, a lot of people have seen that this is a, a topic area that they can, um, you know, gleam onto and sell you stuff that, you know, to make, make you look 30 years younger and, you know, or whatever. And so uh, just do your homework as far as who you're reaching out to, because there's, there's a lot of stuff in um out there that, that claim to be helping women during this time, but they're just trying to sell you something. And you know what? That is the truth. It is a, you know, multi, multi, multi-billion dollar industry now. It's booming. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, I, I agree with that. You know, do your research. But you're right. I, I think women are way more educated than our mothers, for sure. We have the internet. So, you know, when you're lying awake at night, you're text, you know, you're <laughs> looking it up going, well, what's wrong with me? What is this? And and then they have, you know, they're bombarded with. So weeding through that, that's, that's another, you, you know, Thing that mission that we're on is we getting to the nitty gritty, weeding through all that noise. So thank you, Chris Ahmed, for being here with us today. You were wonderful and mm. so insightful and so helpful. And I'm hoping that our listeners out there really got some good info for you. You will be back. We will have you back. And thanks for joining us. On thank some- you. This thank was really you. fun. Right. Um, thanks really for being on it. Some Like It Hot. Embrace that heat, ladies. Some like it hot. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> we're, we're, we're speechless. That was- I just want to say that it was. It's really good to have a podcast where there was a lot of hope and happiness, and I didn't feel so dang depressed afterwards. Right. Right. Well, I don't. You know, in in all of our things, I've never. I've not felt. No, depressed. I know. You. I you mean just frustrated, overwhelmed? Right. You're overwhelmed. No. Just frustrated. No, oh, frustra- frustrated, right. A hundred percent. That's a great word. Yeah. And that, and that was, you know, I, and it's, I know you're venturing into it. I'm out of it. So it doesn't look like frustration to me. To me, it's as ho- every episode that we've had has been so helpful yeah. because people are talking about it and giving solutions to things, yeah. which I had I to agree find on my own, you know? I agree and, with you. And I, so I'm like, I'm pumped after every one, like, yeah, this is, you know, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to bust the ceiling on this so hardcore, you know, and, and every, all the women are coming along. Like I'm all jazz, but I get, I get it. Like, I, I remember when I was like, when I, when I was around your stage and we, I went to a, uh, a friend's birthday party and it was her 50th birthday party. And as a joke, this woman who was older brought a huge bag, like a trash bag full of all her products, you know, vagina cream, face cream, eyebrow cream, you know, all this stuff. And she went through every, like she must spend thousands of dollars in this garbage bag that she had bought for the last five years. And it was supposed to be funny. And it just was, I had to like give her that cut, you know, like, yeah, no, no more. Like it was bringing the party down because everybody was so depressed about right, it. So, right. Yeah. And I, I think that that's a really good point in that, you know, even my attitude needs to change and I need to keep consistent with my exercise and instilling that thought into all my clients that there are answers out there. Right. Don't be frustrated. There are, and there are answers really close to you. Mm-hmm. You just have to be a woman go out there and find them. Yeah. And because fi- and, and, we find it for everything else. And know that most people like, and I, you know, I generalize a lot. I know that saying, and there are women that have gone through menopause and do not have, you know, the struggle that I had or whatever. And I, I am really believing that it was the stage of my life. Like I was not in the men- right mental state right. during that right. time, you know, having, like I've said, teenagers and then my parents dying, like that was a lot of stress. So, so I feel like, you know, I, I, that she was awesome in giving real life lessons, right. like lessons right. or, or real right. life 
you know, tangible things that you can do. I, we, have a, we could do a lot of memes on our Instagram. Oh my Sex gosh. is glue. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. We got to do yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah. Franca, I'm going to bring something up that you brought up or an analogy you, you use all the time. You always say, okay, we're going to break open menopause like, you know, the Kate Spade pregnancy. The diaper um, bag, the diaper the bag. The diaper bag, the diaper bag, the diaper bag. But I also have been thinking as we've gone through this, when I was pregnant, I was very happy and um in looking for things I'm gonna do and ooh, won't this be fun? And ooh, won't this be fun? And instead of having a you know badass bad attitude about menopause, I need to have a badass rockin' attitude. The same way I did, sorry, my dog's barking. Um, same way I did about pregnancy. Yeah. You know, just look at it that way. Yep. Have fun finding the answers. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I I what I will I'm gonna go tell my husband this. The whole thing she said about sex, about yeah. you know, uh it, you know, when you can't see, you know, I turned 50 and all of a sudden my eyesight went to pot, you know, and I, I was like, What the heck is this? She's like, You get glasses, you know, when you can't walk or you're having, you know, problem, you break your leg or whatever, and you have a crutch, you know, get a sex toy, get the lubrication, get what you need to help you continue the glue that keeps your marriage, relationship, your, you know all that together. Like I was so, it was so awesome when she said that. And, you know, I, I'm Catholic. I was raised by an Italian father. For sure. I have sexual issues, you know, of like it being wrong. And, you know, <laughs> I, I know, I mean, I, you know, I try not to put that on my daughter, but she went to Catholic school. I know she has it too. I'm trying to re- undo that, you know, but yeah, you know, I, you know, I, and you, you talked about that store in this episode. I want to know where that store is that you went and got your lubrication. It's in Nashville. Oh, right. I know. I know. I'm sure there are many here and they're usually run by beautiful, gorgeous, amazing lesbians. And they will tell you this is the best vibrator. I mean, I went there with my friend Johanna because she'd never had a vibrator before. And this woman laid out 10 for us. She laid them out on the counter and she went through everyone and what they did and what you could do with them. And then she did the same with the lubrication. Right. You know, there's natural, there's water, there's oil, and there's silicone. I know a lot about this. Right. I yes. love it. No, and I love it. And, you know, recently, I would have to say when I've had birthday parties or, you know, someone is always bringing or at least, you know, sharing this is this is the best one. And everybody giggles and it's silly and all that stuff. But everybody takes the information down. Everybody takes a screenshot of it or where'd you get that? Or the Amazon link is sent, you know, the next morning. So it's awesome. I, I thought Chris was great. Uh, like you said, positive, positive, positive. We're learning a lot, SJ, about framing it, right? Your perspective, you know, your attitude towards it, and then learning all the things that we can do to make this ride super adventurous and fun and not, like you're saying, depress, depress, depressing and defeated, you know? Awesome. All right. Well, we're on to the next one. I just want to say one thing too. Oh, yes. Yes, Tammy, uh, come Tammy. on. <laughs> um, I just want to say if this, the one thing that I got out of today and I kind of every episode as we go along, if if this podcast does nothing but 
impart this one message, it will have succeeded. And the message I think is you are not alone. Like there is a community, everybody's going through the same things. And I think that's why if we have this upcoming episode about, you know, just everyday women talking about the issues that they face, I think it will do a lot towards making our listeners feel like these problems are happening to everybody. It's not just me. Right. You know, right. And women rock. We do. We don't give ourselves enough credit. And again, like I said, that stigma on the mean girl thing, that's, that's sure that's there. But for I mean, I think the three of us can say right now, we've got some good women that surround us and support us and and are warriors in their self in all aspects of life. And Yes, we, and you can be good to yourself. Yes, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. You can be your own best advocate. 100% deserve it, for sure. Yeah, it was Go ahead, great. Get that hour all to yourself. Go try to find it. <laughs> it was, it, today was great. Thank you again, Chris Ahmed. That was fantastic.